Welcome to the show. You are now part of Reveal, the revenue intelligence podcast powered by Gong. We're your hosts, Devin Reed. And I'm Sheena Badani. Revenue intelligence is a new way of operating based on customer reality instead of opinions, making data-driven decisions based on facts instead of opinions or guesswork. And it's made up of three success pillars, people success, deal success, and strategy success. You know, the things all revenue teams need and care about. Every week, we interview senior revenue professionals, and they share their stories and insights on how they leverage revenue intelligence to drive success and win their market. You'll hear how modern go-to-market teams win as a team, close revenue with critical deal insight, and execute their strategic initiatives, plus all the challenges that come along with it. All right, everyone, as if there was not enough change going on in today, we're going to go and change up this week's reveal episode. Instead of an interview, what we have is a leadership panel titled How to Maintain Momentum During Uncertainty. This panel was from our Celebrate Online event a couple of weeks ago, and it has a host of folks. So instead of getting Devin and Sheena and one guest, you're getting Justin Welsh, previous SVP of sales at Patient Pop. He's going to be your moderator today. And there's also Anna Phelan, VP of Sales and Account Management of Jellyvision, Stephanie Jenkins, VP of Sales, SMB at Glassdoor, and SaaS icon slash legend, Ralph Barcy, VP of Global Inside Sales at Trade.io. Uh, Sheena, you hosted this event. I presented at it, and it was, uh, it was fun. It was the, probably the most fun online event I've ever been to, and obviously I'm only a little biased. Yeah, it was a really interesting and, and super fun day, like you said. Um, it, was, it was not even just an event. It was a full-on conference. It was all day long. Uh, we had over 3,000 people register for the event. We just had a couple weeks to plan for it. I think it was just like a nice change of pace. Everybody has been missing human interaction and human contact. And this was what some folks responded back to us and said was the closest thing that they had had to... Uh, you know, interacting with other folks and networking um, since the start of the lockdown and, and shelter in place had started. So, you know, I think it was just really humbling and it was really rewarding to get that type of comments back from folks that they enjoyed their day, they got to meet with other folks, they got to network and, and take away and learn something new from these amazing sales leaders that you'll get to hear from now. We use a new technology called Hopin. If anyone's curious, go check it out if you want an online event. Uh, they had cool networking sessions where you kind of just jumped into a random room and, and chat with people. Sheena, you gave away some sweet prizes. It was a good day. It was fun. And I think we'll be doing it again later this year. Well, before we dive in, we also want your feedback. So if you like this style of episode, we can definitely continue to do it. Or if you're not a fan, you're like, hey, can we get back to business as close to usual as possible? We want to hear from you as well. So shoot us an email at reveal at gong.io. Hopefully you know how to spell reveal at G-O-N-G dot I-O. All right, let's get into it. Now I am really, really excited, guys, to head into our next session, which is a panel with some of the most amazing sales leaders from across the country. We have folks um, from LA all the way to the East Coast, New York. Um, and we're gonna be talking about how to maintain momentum during uncertainty. It's all about deal execution. You know, there really is no playbook on how to operate during these uncertain times. But what we do have are other smart leaders that we can lean on for advice and perspectives. We are all in this together. I wanna head into a quick icebreaker question for all of our panelists. So, you know, we've all been sitting at home. We're trying to figure out how to occupy some of our extra time. 
what is your favorite app or maybe even a website that you've discovered since you've been working from home and perhaps you can't even live without that now? Justin, we'll start off with you. Cool. Um, so far, I've really been enjoying two things. I've been enjoying Notion, uh, which is a desktop app that I use to basically run my whole business. And it's coming a lot of handy for staying organized. And I also really like ProductHunt.com because I'm bored like a lot of you guys uh, part of the day. And I like to, discovering some really cool new uh, products and tools that are being found around the web. So those are two that, that I spend a lot of time on right now. Love it. Stephanie, how about you? I was going to say the free time. I have zero free time right now. I've got two kids at home too. So it's, it's become very challenging all of a sudden. Um, so, but the, I do run a lot and I love exercising a lot. And with the, in Chicago, all of the parks and lakes, lakefront paths are closed. So I've been addicted to Active, which is an audio workout app. And it's been very, very fun. Perfect. Anna, how about you? Anything new that you've been trying out? Yeah, so I wouldn't say this is new, but I've been pretty excited because I have a three-year-old daughter and I've recently been introducing her to the Muppet movies. So what I've been doing online is trying to find every single Muppet movie and which streaming service it is. So I go to Disney Plus, I go to Netflix, it's on Amazon. So that's sort of how I've been occupying my time on the web. Great, and Ralph, last one? Yeah, for me, it's Masterclass. Uh, so I've subscribed to Masterclass for some time now, but uh, in these unique times, I've had a little extra time to dive in on uh, some classes. Uh, you can see I'm constantly working from my kitchen, so I've been watching a lot of cooking classes Love it. Uh, from Gordon Ramsay and others, and it's been awesome. Terrific. Well, thanks for your thoughts on that. Um, I'm going to hand it over to Justin, and I'll see you guys back uh, in uh, towards the end of the session. Thanks, thanks. Sheena. Awesome. Thanks, Sheena. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the session. This session is all around uh, deal execution, and I'm really, really excited to have uh, Ralph Barcy uh, from Trade.io, Anna Phelan from Jellyvision, and Stephanie Jenkins from Glassdoor. And before we dive into the deal execution uh, part of this, I I'd like to start off with talking a little bit about leadership. And I think it's really fair to say that many of us are working from home or remotely for potentially the very first times in our careers. And I know uh, for me, I'm learning a ton uh, in the first uh, few months that I've, I've had to spend working from home. And I'd be curious to the panel how you've had to adjust uh, your management style to keep up with the changes in how teams are working remotely. And Anna, I know a few uh, weeks ago, you released some tips on LinkedIn for working from home. And so I'd love to start with you. How have you had to adjust your management style to keep up with, with remote teams? Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm learning day by day, but I, the biggest takeaway that I've taken from the leadership team and my CEO at Jellyvision is focus on what you can control. So as a leader, I'm constantly talking to my team about, okay, we, we cannot do anything about the pandemic that's happening outside our walls, but within the virtual walls of Jellyvision, we have a job to do. So how are we gonna do that? How are we gonna band together as a team and make that happen? We've been crowdsourcing ideas from a lot of folks on the team and just looking for new ways to be nimble and adjust our strategies. So clearly what we're doing three weeks ago is significantly different to what we're doing today, but it's just trying to focus on like, what can we actually control ourselves? Got it. And, and Ralph, I know that you're 
you know, managing uh, sales development folks. So a lot of what you're doing is, is opening top of funnel. A anything, anything slightly unique or different based on the fact that that's the team that you're running or how are you changing your style to, to sort of keep the team up to speed? Sure, just uh, being mindful, especially in sales development that, uh, you know, for the most part, they're initiating conversations with the marketplace and uh, setting that first impression. And so leading with empathy, uh, leading with caution, with humility in our conversations is top of mind. I mean, frankly, it's something we should be doing anyway, but mm -hmm. this is certainly a unique catalyst event that's going to reinforce that. So uh, that's where my focus has been on just reminding the team of that and also always sharpening the attitude of gratitude. You know, to, um, to Anna's point, uh, you have to focus on what you can control and what you first should do is just take stock of what you have and who you have in your life and, uh, you know, be grateful and thankful for your health uh, if you are healthy and, um, you know, keep a positive outlook on seeing your way through this, this nuttiness um, and, and making sure to remind and reinforce that with others around you and, you know, lead by example. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm feeling like uh, each day that I wake up, I'm I'm blessed to be feeling good. So I think I'm I'm keeping that top of mind. I'm keeping that top of mind with with my teams as well. Stephanie, I know that that Glassdoor is um, you know a relatively large organization. And um, are you seeing any unique or interesting challenges based on the size of the organization, or what are you seeing from your vantage point? Yeah, so that, you know, uh, in early March, when this started to go down, that was, this is my biggest concern is how are we going to manage everyone remotely. And I manage a very large team that are a lot of early career professionals too. So, and that are all in the office right now, or were in the office, learning from each other, hearing each other's talk tracks. So a lot of what they were learning was really through symbiosis. And I was very concerned about us moving remotely. Um, but we tried to build a lot of structure and rigor around how we can still create those, that symbiosis and how we can still learn from each other. Um, so the first three days that we went remote, we went into all of our managers and directors um, put together a game plan for their individual teams on how they could get the effectiveness out of each day. And a lot of them came up with new strategies, which were actually really creative and really good. So like a morning huddle, an, an evening huddle to answer questions increasing the cadence of one-on-ones or team meetings to cover different and specific and tactical things. Um, uh, doing, I think a big one for uh, now that we're all remotely and something that we didn't really realize until we we're about a week into it is audio and visual on. You know, visual I think is one thing, but audio when you're, in, even when you're in a team meeting, having that audio on and being able to, you know, send little, little tips and tricks in unless you have you know, a legitimate excuse or a dog barking in the background. Um, so we put in all these best practices in place and re-rolled them out to our team. And um, I think the, the one piece of leadership advice that I would give and that we've been saying since the beginning, in addition to Ralph, your positivity and gratitude, I think those are absolutely great plays, um, has been to try to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So we've been touting this Zen proverb, or I have been touting this Zen proverb, which is let us exist like a lotus at ease in muddy water. No mud, no lotus. And that's nice. been our, our phrase. I like it. I like it. Namaste. What, what? <laughs> Namaste. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. <laughs> One thing that became really apparent to me early on, and this is just maybe diving a little bit deeper into this topic before we go into deal execution, is that when you're working remotely, it almost feels like there's, you could potentially uh, lose boundaries. And so I know that some of the businesses that I'm working with 
everyone knows we're at home right now. We're all sitting in front of our computers for the most part. I know some of us have kids, some of us don't, but I'm seeing a struggle or a challenge where suddenly um, we're more available. And I think when we're more available and when people know we're at home, there can be a tendency to overwork. Um, how are you guys dealing with that and making sure that you're not calling those 5.45 p.m. meetings, you're not having your team on 8.15, and pretty soon you're working 15-hour days? Are, are you guys seeing that? And if so, how are you handling it? Maybe, Stephanie, you could start us off. Yeah, absolutely. For the first few weeks, I think that was the case. But now that we've gotten into a little bit of a cadence and realized that that was turning out to be a big problem amongst our teams, um, I think little things can prevent that. So we started a Slack, like, hi, I'm here in the morning. And that usually doesn't happen for most of my team members until, you know, nine o'clock or so, 8.30, nine o'clock. And then a Slack sign off, like to your team, hey, I'm signing off for the day. Um, and that happens around, you know, 4.30 to 5.30. And from, from that is really respecting that outside of those hours, we all have lives and we all have things to do. And we all have things to take care of and we have to respect that time. So you can't really, you know, depend on someone turning in, um, turning in something outside of those hours, as an example. So little things like that have helped a lot. Um, and then Slack statuses has actually been really big and really simple. Like I'm eating lunch right now and putting a little sandwich or something like that has been very helpful. That makes sense. Go ahead, Ralph. You want to add? No, I mean, I was just going to piggyback off Stephanie's uh, comment, you know, it's, there's a dichotomy in this over-communication uh, approach. Uh, you know, on one hand, you've got to, you've got to over-communicate and say, Hey, look, I'm eating lunch right now, or I'm signing off for the day or for the next half hour. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be respectful of the team's schedule as well. And uh, you know, don't be communicating that stuff at nine o'clock at night. Uh, that, hey, I'm signing off for the day, but if anybody needs me, it's just like, it's nine o'clock at night, you know, give them their time and their space as well. And just create little um, uh, barriers, if you will, or guardrails throughout the day, make sure that your calendar is visible to your team. And uh, yeah, be specific when you're communicating and uh, it'll go a long way. Awesome. Anything to add on that, Anna, from your perspective? No, I think it's just at Jelly Vision, we have a flexible work from home policy. So while we have an office, many of us are new to working from home. It's one of those things of just use good judgment. Like we have a lot of parents that are working and they're juggling kids and they're basically just saying, hey, P.S. from two to four, it might be a little bit of craziness of me changing diapers and running around just heads up. And that and it's like just communicate and be honest and we've got you back. We can support you through this. We're all doing some crazy things that we never did before. Yeah. Totally. I, I don't have kids, but I have wine to drink at night and I can't I can't be getting bothered at, at 7 p.m. when I'm on my second glass of Pinot Noir unless sure. you're a bad business decision. So that's right. So cool. I, I appreciate you all addressing that. That was something that I had a major concern with was was how we put up boundaries. Let's let's kind of switch and move into deal execution as that is sort of the topic of, of this uh, of this talk. And I've been at some companies where there has been rigidity to every deal, to move deals sort of along. But I've also been uh, at companies where the mantra is sort of uh, do whatever is required to win the deal. So I'd be curious if, especially in this situation, if you've had to install things like deal standards and how you hold both your managers accountable to those deal standards, but also how your managers hold their reps accountable uh, Ralph, why don't you kick us off on that one? Sure. Um, I could shed light on the top of the funnel activities sure. since I oversee sales development 
as we talked about. Well, it's it's critical uh, in those early conversations when we're engaging prospects uh, to diagnose and to qualify for the right areas the first time around, because what we're essentially doing is we're creating a medical record, if you will, that's going to get handed off to those who are prescribing the solution in the AE role. So we wanna make sure that we're hitting on all cylinders early on so that we can set the tone for the prospect that a mutual plan will be put together. We're going to identify timelines and catalysts that are critical to your business and the problems that you're trying to solve. And then we'll reverse engineer from there and work our way backwards, making sure that we identify and hit the certain milestones together. So if we need to be rigorous around the deal mechanics, we're going to be rigorous along with you. Uh, and if we need to be a little more flexible, we'll be a little more flexible with you. But we're we're working, you know, in concert with the prospect, of course, to move that deal through the pipeline. Do, do you feel like right now, I, I'm just coming right back to you quickly, Ralph. Do you feel yep. like right now, given the situation, that you've had to change the way that you qualify or added additional qualification criteria into your process? Or is it sort of business as usual for what you guys are doing? No, it's definitely the former, Justin, because... There is no uh, playbook to what's going on right now. There's no silver bullet. No one is certain as to when the dust is going to settle and things are going to be, you know, back to normal. And so, uh, you know, one of the key criterion that uh, our sales development reps are qualifying for is timeline. And so when we talk about timeline and uh, when we want the, these desired outcomes, both parties are very aware that, you know, there's, there's that uh, layer of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And so we'll, and that, that goes back to what I was talking about where you need to be flexible. And so we will acknowledge it up front with the prospect and, you know, see what we need to do to work together through it. Awesome. And, and Anna, have, have your deal standards changed? Have they remained the same? Have you had to install them for the first time? I'd love to hear about what's going on at, at Jellyvision. Yeah, so in general, we have a really nice, well-defined buying journey. And it's basically because we have one product to sell and we know how to sell it. And and we have certain initiatives in place and tactics that we move forward. However, to Ralph's point in the beginning, our main focus right now is lead with empathy and be helpful. That's something we always try to do. But we when we get in in on meetings, on calls, we have to be humans first and listen to our prospects. We sell into HR. So a lot of our HR customers and partners, they're dealing with a lot of chaos on their end. So I've been coaching my team as, you know the deal structure, you know the buying journey, but first listen, only start really truly selling if it's helpful. And we do think we can be very helpful in this moment, but we need to be human first. Absolutely. I'm reading a lot online about empathy, being human, uh, you know, sort of sales 2.0, a lot of that stuff, which to me, especially given this, the circumstances, makes sense. Um, but I, then I flip it and I think, but we've all still got business to close and jobs to do, right? So, so the rigidity of our process becomes even that much more important. Stephanie, what are you seeing on your end? Are you seeing an, an increase in rigidity? Are you, again, is it, are you going back to what's been working for Glassdoor previously or ha have you had to change and pivot a little bit? Yeah, so we, that's a great question. Um, deal integrity is very big at Glassdoor. You know, we really want to make sure that we're doing the right deals with the right companies. So, I'll, I'll, you know, all that shady selling, we try to eliminate it. We really want to have high integrity standards because we really want to help our customers and help them do the right thing. Um, so as we have, 
shifted and moved into this environment, things have absolutely changed and pretty quickly in the last few weeks. So um, the right thing now really isn't, you know, might not have been the right thing a month ago. So as an example, right, you know, if someone asked us for free job postings a month ago, that might not have been the right thing because, you know, we need to create a mutually beneficial environment. But now, you know, things have changed a little bit and it's important that we're supporting the businesses that are essential businesses that we can get, get across the line while also trying to figure out what's right for us. So we've moved mountains in the last few weeks to create new deal incentives for reps, new um, incentives for companies to partner with us and to try to create a really mutually beneficial environment for those companies that are hiring and look, working on their employer brand and the existing customers in place that may be meeting more challenging times. And it was important for us to not do that in like a one-off a one-off way, like a rep doing a shady deal, but to do it together as a company because we really believe it's the right <clears throat> thing to do. That's awesome. I think a few of the companies that I'm advising for, like when we used to think about incentives, we always thought about rep incentives. Mm-hmm. And now, and, and now as, as they were in this sort of, you know, crisis mode, um, we're starting to think a little bit more about customer incentives as, as we probably should have been in the, in the very first place, where how can we help our customers uh, navigate this situation? How can we make it easy and simple for them? So it's good to hear that a lot of you are thinking through that in a, in a similar fashion. Um, and I'd like to kind of maybe take it back up the funnel because we're talking about what does it look like to move our, our customers through this journey. But I would say that right now, um, this is probably the most uncertain time to get someone to even begin a journey, right? Like this is a really, really challenging and difficult time. So what's the right kind of message to send right now, the right tone to use to get prospects to respond Ralph, we'll kick it back off with you since you're sort of the top of funnel guru of, of the group. What, what are you seeing working for your teams right now? Yeah, well, first of all, um, we steer our focus on them and not us. And so when we do engage with prospects, whether that's by email or by phone or on the web like this, we're, we're leading with, hey, look, first of all, how are you? Uh, how, how is your team doing? How's the company doing? Uh, and... Uh, the reason for my call or the reason I'm reaching out is because I've been researching your company or you for some time, as has uh, the team here. And these are a couple things that we've noticed. And I wanted to reach out to at least acquaint you with who we are so that when it does make sense for you and for the business, we want to have a seat at the table to at least share with you how we might be able to help you solve these critical business issues. If the time is not now, that's fine. At least we know one another at this point. So let this just be an introduction. But if it makes sense to you, why don't we pin something on the calendar for X number of weeks or months from now so that when the tides change a little bit, we can re-engage and reconvene. And again, you're approaching the whole conversation and the whole cycle with the understanding that, look, we're going to build a long lasting relationship at some point. Uh, it's just a matter of when that's going to start. Uh, that's really the, the, the impetus of the call right now today. Cool. And are you seeing any particular messaging resonate or, or even any particular <laughs> types of types of content uh, that, that's happening right now? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go so- ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so in general, I think for us, we are really focusing, again, just how we can be helpful. And in terms of what resonates is being sure that you, as Ralph said, that you did your research beforehand and you're bringing content to the table that really makes sense to them. We have done some fun new strategies of doing some vidyards and sending videos to folks and 
seeing if that engages them. That's a lighthearted and that's gotten some people to get on the phone with us. But again, just making it about them and not about you. Cool. What about what about you, Stephanie? Seeing anything different? Yeah, it's it's funny because at Glassdoor we do a lot of you know thought leadership, especially around jobs and hiring, and a lot of that content and even what people are clicking on and opening has certainly changed over the last few weeks. Um, to more you know more things like you know what how do I treat employees if we're you know if, if we're in uncircumstance or unprecedented um, times. So um, we've had to adjust a lot of our messaging and uh, we do offer a lot of free products that kind of get you comfortable using the tool, like a free employer product where you can kind of learn a little bit more about Glassdoor. So um, Ralph, to a lot of your points of, you know, how do we just start a relationship with our customers, right? How can we use the free tools and products that they have and the thought leadership that we have produced to create the beginnings of a relationship for a long-term successful partnership? And if it makes sense for them, then how can we get them into a paid um, sponsorship from there? There, there's so many things that, that we're sharing, I think, that are working during this this crisis, but also work, you know, uh, regularly mm -hmm. uh, on, a, on a regular basis and our, our best practices for, for talking to customers. I'd be interested if any of you have anything really creative that's worked, um, that's been surprising or interesting to reach out and, and engage and chat with your customers that's maybe outside the box or something that you might take out of this, this time and bring back into your normal uh, outreach workflow. I, I think the thing that I have been pleasantly surprised about, and this isn't one specific example, but the the crisis of the COVID-19 situation has led us to be innovative. It's given us an opportunity to pause and say, what we're doing, what we were doing three weeks ago doesn't work anymore. So what can we do differently that's gonna get prospects to engage with us, that's gonna be helpful to our customers? And to me, that's been inspiring and, I, and in giving me some motivation to really think outside of the box and also lean on my team to come to the table with ideas. I don't exactly know how to move forward, nobody does, but there's a hundred of us on this team, let's put our heads together, come up with some new ideas and just test them out. Yeah, it's a combination, uh, to Anna's point, of uh, creative thinking and critical thinking. So on the creative side, you have to, you know, think about what's going on uh, when you zoom out, you know, the macro, uh, and then relate it to the micro and what's going on in the business that you're talking to. So sometimes creative thinking involves combining things that wouldn't otherwise be combined, uh, where critical thinking is, you know, starting with the answer first. Uh, making sure that you're deconstructing to root cause of a problem and uh, identifying it in its bits and bytes uh, and doing that along with the prospects you're talking to. And let's not forget, whether it's uh, COVID-19 or not, uh, the best way to warm up your calls and to engage prospects is to leverage any mutual connections out there. Make sure that uh, you're exhausting all options for warming up the, the initial engagement uh, and it just it's going to go uh, it's going to go a lot more smoothly in those early conversations than otherwise. Absolutely. One thing I'm advising um, any founder who will, will listen to me uh, during this time is we all talk to our customers. Right. And we talk to our customers to get product feedback, to do a lot of different things, cross selling and upselling. But one thing that I've seen be really, really helpful um, is talking to our customers about how they might like to be talked to if they were prospects. 
And so that to me has been one area that I've been saying, hey, let's reach out to our customers. Let's get 10 to 15 of our customers and let's hear what kind of language, what kind of tone of voice, what kind of channel, what kind of messaging they would want to hear if they weren't yet a customer of our product during these really challenging times. And, and that's been a really interesting and unique thing that we probably, at least some of the businesses I'm working with, don't do enough. And so we found that to be to be really interesting. I don't know if you guys are seeing anything like that or spending time talking to your customers uh, today to learn more about that. It's an awesome idea. Was it enlightening, Justin? Super, like super enlightening. It essentially like we scraped all our language and we're like, this is the wrong language. Like oh, this nice. is the, we need to use this language instead based on the, the 15 customers we talked to. And when we were able to go out and prospect, the messaging became more clear and I think awesome. more, pro more prospect relevant. Mm -hmm. So I like it. Thanks. I, I, I think it kind of takes us to the next sort of question, which is it's great. There's lots of learnings happening right now. Right. Um, but it's really difficult in this uncertain time to remain agile so you can take these learnings that you're finding and you're getting all these different parts of your team and make sure that everyone's looped in, everyone's communicated to, everyone is getting the learnings. Um, how are you guys doing that? What are some best practices for sharing information and learnings across your teams in, in this time? Maybe Stephanie, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah, so first is really encouraging people to share, you know, it, it's when you do have a good idea, when you do have a good customer conversation, when you figured out some good messaging, you have to share it. So we have very lively Slack channels for each team and segment that are kind of off, you know, having a lot of fun right now and doing quite a bit of sharing. But in addition to that, it's your, it's, you know, your job as a leader to also help curate that. So looking through, reading the you know, important things and figuring out which messaging is working and really sharing that in a more succinct way. Um, I would say also we're doing these weekly trainings too to adapt our messaging for a lot of our teams um, and really starting to figure out how do you take what they're doing and replicate that at scale. So how do you have them work with your marketing team to develop better messaging? You know, similar to your point of talking to our customers too, how do we have our top reps try to replicate that at scale too? Awesome. What, what about you, Ralph? You see, you seeing anything that's helping you share, you know, tips and tactics across your team? Yeah, again, uh, Stephanie's nailing it. Uh, that, those are great ideas, Stephanie. We're doing very similar where we're actually cutting and pasting responses we're getting from prospects uh, and sharing them in our channels in Slack as well. And then uh, as a company, we have uh, increased the rate of all hands calls that we have. So it's every other week we have an all company, all hands where we're sharing insights from across the organization, uh, regardless of business unit, we're sharing what we're hearing in the market and uh, what we're seeing from our customers and prospects. And it's just keeping everybody on the same page and in the loop, uh, which is helping us you know, on an individual basis, tailor our messaging and our outreach. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would say the one thing I would add in addition to just communicating, having meetings, using Slack channels, um, we have also been use, utilizing gong snippets with our customers. So we're in a position where our customers are coming to us and asking us for help. We create software that helps explain healthcare benefits. So they're asking, how do I communicate about COVID? How do I communicate about telemedicine? Which is really critical to how we can help them. So we're taking those snippets and then we're forwarding them to the product team. And then separately meeting as leadership team every other day to figure out what is our strategy because we have to react quickly. We have to pivot pretty quickly if we're actually going to make an impact. So that, that's been a really useful tool for us as well. 
is uh, I know someone mentioned doing all hands biweekly. That was that was you, correct, Ralph? Anna, That's Steph- right. Anna and Stephanie, are, are you guys um, increasing the amount of times that you're you're communicating to the the full business? I'd love to learn about how that's changing. Yeah, for me, a hundred percent. It's it's you know sending a twice weekly email instead of a once weekly email to my team. It's um it's doing a lot more video content too, which has actually been kind of fun, you know, trying to get creative with it too and, and engaging. Um, yeah, so you absolutely have to increase the communication at our company level, you know, HR is sending a lovely email every single day. Um, and from the top down, everyone has increased their communication flow, which I think has given a lot more um, comfort to a lot of people. Yeah, on top of that too, just more time to hang out. We've been doing happy virtual happy hours and stand-ups and just we've actually been doing a crib tour so taking people around our homes and giving them a tour of our house and just like another opportunity to have that human connection share ideas that maybe might not have anything to do with work but help people be more engaged and more leaned in so that when we roll out strategies we know how to get a hold of them and and use that type of tactic great yeah, I'm seeing over communication, but providing the why behind a lot of the things that are happening, I think has been really important for the businesses I'm chatting with is why are we doing the things that we're we're doing, right? And I think that getting people all bought in when they're all so disconnected physically has been a really big win for, for some of the businesses that I see. And a, a lot of the sharing is what I might call, and it may be the wrong description, but horizontal sharing. So sharing across departments from you know marketing to sales to product and engineering. But let's talk about the sort of vertical sharing. And when I say vertical, what I mean is you've got a lot of folks at the top, right, who are top performers. And right now I sort of feel um, kind of bad for the folks that are sort of in the average or, or bottom performing category and struggling to improve their performance right now because we are so disconnected and because this is so new. What are some strategies that you're seeing to not just share knowledge horizontally, but to help your top salespeople up-level your, your middle-tier or, or bottom performers right now? What are you putting in place to, to make that happen? Um, you know, Anna, you want to you wanna kick us off there and, and love to learn about that. Yeah, for sure. So I think really empowering the team to lean on one another. If we're going to win, we, we do it together. And I don't think there's an individual, if they're the highest performer, that's going to help the team win as a whole. We have to do it as a group. So empowering people to shadow one another's calls, listen to their calls after they've taken place, share wins, share losses on Slack. Sometimes it takes a little nudging, but really encouraging people to lean on each other at this time. Um, and, And hopefully that's something that comes from the ground up, but certainly can be supported from the management side as well. Ralph, anything different from your side or, or anything that you're seeing that's that's working, sharing best practices from, you know, your top performers and getting them, getting your your sort of middle tier trained up really effectively? Sure. Uh, uh, very similar to what Anna said, but uh, like our top reps, our top SDRs, for example, uh, hold their own office hours where twice a week they do uh, one hour uh, block of time on their calendar, which is an office hour for anybody to hit them up and, and ask them the dumb questions, I guess. Uh, and also, um, we do on Tuesday, what's called a team Tuesday, where we'll have a representative from the sales team or, a, uh, one of our top SDRs or someone from around the organization, from any business unit, share best practices in their own business functions so that we can then relate it to what we're doing and how we're talking to prospects. And it's super, super helpful. Uh, we've had, 
uh, sessions on best email copy, uh, best voicemail greetings, how to how to frame up a um, an effective calendar invite. You know, real detailed stuff that's um, helping tweak things by even two degrees, but it's getting people up and to the right where they need to be. Cool. What about what about you, Stephanie? What are you? How are you guys leveraging sort of this this challenging environment to spread best practices a little faster or better? Yeah, Anna and Ralph, I think you said a, lo a lot of those, and I completely agree with you, Ralph. It's a really fun time to do a lot of contests like that too, which is you know practicing and sharing it. Um, but I would say the only other thing to add is really giving a lot of time and space for that self learning because it doesn't happen by just absorbing it. It really happens by absorbing it and practicing it and again, practicing it several times. So it's giving people time to really educate themselves and then to practice it and uh, encouraging the managers to do the same with their teams. So it's encouraging and time. That's great. This is, this is one area where I've seen, and this is a shameless but very truthful plug, one area where I have seen, um, you know, Gong be be a superstar product uh, for the teams that I'm working with. We're, we're just oversharing in Gong right now. Anytime that we get a, a great objection handled, a great win, an interesting customer comment, we are just sharing uh, nonstop. So it may be information overload, but we're trying to assemble it as, as best as we can. And, and we've, we've seen that uh, be working a lot. So... Um, Cool. Those are great questions all around deal execution. Thank you so much for providing some really cool and interesting and unique <laughs> answers. Um, I'd love to maybe move to, to one final question, which is how do you foresee the changes in working due to what we're seeing with coronavirus impacting the sales profession in the long term? Maybe Anna, you can kick us off with this one. Yeah, I think, I think it's really hard to predict but if there's one thing that I've learned in this uncertainty that everybody's dealing with and to double down on it again, is we have an opportunity to be innovative. So moving forward, no matter what happens, what are the things that we can do to take advantage of new and unique ideas to help progress the business forward? That's something that I'm excited about. What about um, you, Ralph? Yeah, for us, a couple things. The way I see it is number one, uh, we need to empower one another moving forward. Uh, just trust uh, after teaching, of course, that your reps are going to own their business within the business and they are going to lead by example in their own right. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is start creating contingency plans, be productively paranoid and uh, start building the checklists. If uh, all engines fail, what are the levers you're going to pull to kind of keep the plane in flight? Uh, it's really important to think about uh, on a daily basis anyway, uh, but it takes times like these to kind of bring it to the forefront. And I think that's really important moving forward. Yeah, I agree with that completely. This has certainly helped us, you know, all reveal our strengths and weaknesses during times like this too. So got to keep evolving. Um, for me, I think one of the biggest changes is just moving a hard heart away from being, you know, that salesperson or that salesy attitude and really talk, moving more so with leading with empathy, which is what we've all been talking about. So instead of being a salesperson to a sales consultant to, I think at this point, we're in like a sales therapist zone. We are like a therapist right now. Um, so I think we're all going to lead more with a lot more empathy. Um, and then the last thing that I, you know, I was joking with myself when I first read this question was, I think finally everyone's going to turn their video on, which I'm really excited about. It's so much more <laughs> lively to interact with someone over video than I think over a phone call. So I do yeah. hope that happens. It's a great call. I, You're right. No pun intended. 
<laughs> I, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see a really interesting thing. I think that companies who doubted remote work before are gonna start mm -hmm. really recognizing that this is a, a huge opportunity for them to save some money to hire folks across the country that they wouldn't normally have access to. And my hope is that um, even though we're no longer physically as close, that communication across departments might actually improve. This mm. has really forced me to um, communicate more with uh, internal stakeholders than I ever have uh, in the past, even though we were physically closer. And that's been a really interesting uh, learning for me. Uh, and I hope that continues because I think that's a, a really good way to stitch together a, a strong business. Um, well, listen, that is the conclusion of uh, the questions that I had uh, for you all, Ralph, Anna, Stephanie, thank you so much for participating. I had a lot of fun. Sheena, uh, thanks for having me and I'll turn it over to you. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe now so next week's episode will be waiting for you on Monday. And if you really like the podcast, please leave a review. Five-star reviews go a long way to help get the word out there. And if you're not ready to give a five, check out another episode and see if we've won you over by then. And if you have any feedback or you want us to interview one of your favorite revenue leaders, just email us at reveal at gong.io.